Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. I had a great weekend. Uh, we are creeping closer and closer to uh, the NFL draft as it mm-hmm. as approaches the end of the month. Uh, and as we start getting closer, we start hearing uh, whispers in the wind and, and, and information, some of which uh, is just uh, total BS that some people have made and some of which is coming from inside the teams. And you get to be the one to decide <laughs> which is which whenever you hear it. It's it's a fun time of year. Yeah, it's always fun because, you know, the April is always the month of liars, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're told that every year. And yet we get a lot of rumors that end up turning out to be true, especially from the Cowboys perspective, right? Like a lot of times we start to learn who the picks are going to be around this time of year in Landon. Uh, We got an interesting report on Sunday night via our friend, Mike Fisher, uh, Cowboys SI talking about the plan at pick number 44. According to Fisher, his sources inside the building believe the Cowboys are targeting a quote-unquote blue-chip defensive tackle, and the name that Fisher mentioned was Marvin Wilson uh, from Florida State, a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, we talked about him a lot through this process so far. We talked about him during the Senior Bowl, but Landon, I want your initial gut reactions of Marvin Wilson potentially being the pick at number 44. Well, I certainly think it's it's high. I mean, it's certainly too high for, uh, in my opinion, of where I would feel comfortable taking Marvin uh, Wilson. <laughs> Got the name right. I, I was yeah. concerned about it. Uh, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, though. I, I will say this. Uh, I do think that Marvin Wilson is a guy who, due to some of the circumstances involved and in, in, in the way that his collegiate career played out, who I think could eventually be a, a lot better pro than he was. A collegiate player. I mean, this is a guy who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school, and if I'm not mistaken, I think was the number one recruit coming out of Texas in 2017. Number one defensive tackle recruit, recruit in his class. Yep. And and you know, just a guy that had the whole world in front of him, and at one point, uh, I think was choosing between uh, Ohio State and Florida State uh, before finally uh, committing to Florida State. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I I posed this to some of y'all in the DM group last night as. You know, imagine how much different his career could have been if he had gone to Ohio State. And, and we don't know that it would have been better, but I think, you know, maybe a little bit more stability, more people around him. It feels like he, you know, even from the get go, got rushed onto the field uh, and has been dealing with kind of alternating lower body injuries between this left and right meniscus injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, frankly, uh, probably should have come out after the 2019 season, has been through three coaching staff changes at Florida State since he's been there. Um, probably should have come out in 2019 after a really solid season and then just had an absolute disaster season this year. I mean, I think with the COVID situation, uh, playing with kind of an undisclosed injury that eventually uh, made him you know, have to sit out the last part of the season and get surgery, yeah. uh, which I still think is affecting his 
testing this testing stuff as well. Even now, I just think he's a guy who, uh, if you were able to get him and give him, uh, you know, low rotations, not require too much of him his rookie year, give him his body a little bit of time to rest. I think that this is a guy who eventually could be a much better pro than he is a collegiate player. I, but I just don't know. That, I mean, that's a lot of risk. That's a lot of uh, of of hoops mm-hmm. to jump through to take it forty four. That's that's my that's my real concern there. Yeah, if I put together a two minute highlight clip of all of his best plays, you would swear this would be a top five pick, right? Like yeah. that's the, that's the potential. And um, I know at the beginning of the draft process, you know, back in September and October, uh, Marvin Wilson was a guy that like Mel Kiper and Todd McShay were mocking inside the top. Yeah. seven or eight picks like this is a guy that was considered a top 10 talent and the only reason that he's not in that consideration now is i think because he played poorly in 2020 partly because of that knee injury right and i yeah. think that's what it has a lot of people concerned is okay how serious is this knee injury because at the senior bowl we saw him practice was it one day and then he had to, opt then he had out to take it of, off yeah right so is he a guy that's ever going to be able to be healthy again like we saw in 2018 and 2019? And then there's some questions about, you know, does he brush the passer really well? I think you can see that, you know, at times he's not always the most consistent, but I don't think talent is a problem except for when we're talking about the Cowboys picking at 44. That just feels like a spot where it's too risky to gamble on that type of player, right? Like if if you're telling me it's 75 or 99, I can get behind that. It wouldn't be my favorite pick. But at 44, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And I think my, you know, my point here is that I, I think he has talent that, you know, in some universe – could have been taken at 44, sure. right? Like if things had sure. worked out differently for him. and Well, if he uh, opts and, out of the 2020 season, right? Like yeah. let's say we do it like that way. He's probably gone before that spot, which is, is crazy to say, but it's it's probably the truth. Yeah, it is. And 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 that's, you know, the unfortunate side of and, – and I think maybe that's something that we should consider too is that I think coaching staffs in a lot of ways are going to give him points for that because – Look, you know, he didn't opt out of the 2020 season. And whether or not, you know, coaching staff should be docking players points for that, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they Uh, are. And and he he played, and not only did he play, he played, uh, got hurt, and then he continued to play, uh, even when the team wasn't doing well. So I I think, you know, that shows you that he – and and was willing to come out to the senior bowl while he was injured, willing to play then too, like gutted through a lot of stuff while dealing with some injuries – uh, I think that shows something. I think it shows that he loves, you know, loves to play football, and and you know, despite uh, 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 a twenty a twenty season that did not go the way he wanted, uh, he continued to show out for his team. So, uh, I, I, yeah, again, there's just so much risk there that mm-hmm. I don't think it makes forty four palatable. Uh, but I also think that, you know, there has been a lot of of negative talk about Marvin Wilson because of th- the way things have happened with the Senior Bowl in the twenty twenty season. I still think is he's a player that has value that has the potential that if he could just get kind of a reset on the last year, you know, which sure. he's not the only sure. player, I think he could eventually be a guy that that becomes a much better player than than where he gets drafted. So to sum it up, we we believe that the Cowboys do have interest in Marvin Wilson, just not at 44, correct? Yeah, that just seems 
That seems extremely rich for Marvel movies. It it does feel rich. Uh, Let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure you're using that promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Landon, I want to continue to dive into this defensive tackle thing because, again, Mike Fisher from Cowboys SI said the Cowboys are hunting blue chip defensive tackles at pick number 44. First of all, to me, Landon, that signals that maybe the Cowboys know where they're going at number 10, right? Because you wouldn't narrow in on defensive tackles at 44 unless you knew you had a cornerback you're going to probably take at 10, right? Because that's easily your biggest need on defense. So are, are you are you kind of buying that these kind of go together, right? The Cowboys are going to take a corner at 10 and maybe hunt defensive linemen at 44? Well, I'm sure that they're trying to, yeah, fill out scenarios, right? I, yeah. I'm sure they're they're running through these scenarios and that they're seeing, look, the vast majority of these scenarios in, in, in the ones that work pretty well for the Cowboys, Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn is probably going to be the pick at 10. So if that's the case, what do we start looking at at 44? If we're not having to then go around and turn around and get a cornerback, uh, you know, and again, I think this is, you know, following the path of, Patrick Sertan or J.C. Horn is the pick. If, hmm. if you know Kyle Pitts or Sewell fall to 10 and they take them at 10, I, I would assume that all bets are off and that they're trying to figure out what's going on at cornerback at 44. So, But yes. if the Cowboys end up picking a, a, a cornerback at 10, which seems to be at this point the, the, the leader of the clubhouse, let's just say, um, then I think, yeah, like we've heard – and it's funny because we've heard a little bit of, of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now we, we heard – last week we heard it was linebacker. This week we're hearing that it's defensive tackle. Uh, you know, I think what it's likely is is that they're just running through the scenarios of okay, who's available at forty four? If we go Sertan at ten, how does it usually fall? Uh, if we can't find a trade up partner, let's say that you know that maybe they're eyeballing a trade. If they can't find a trade up partner, what happens if they have to stick and pick at forty four? Who's there? Uh, where are they going to get the best bang for their buck on the roster? Defensive tackle seems like a natural position, right? Even you know the talk about linebacker is I think that they want to go and get a specific talent that they like at linebacker. Yeah. For defensive tackle, I think that they feel like, hey, we've got some talent here, but we got to continue to fortify that position because we cannot just simply rely on Hill and Gallimore to you know, develop into good starting defensive tackles. We need to make sure that we have more pieces and more options there. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that they would continue to look at defensive tackle. Uh I think uh, the the names that you're seeing in the second round at 44 are a little bit uh, uh, better names than I think we would have said, you know, even a month ago. I think as we started to dig into these names a little bit, I think there's some players at 44 that you could feel comfortable about, and certainly players at 75 that if they fell to you, you would be running to the podium to pick. See, I actually disagree with you a little bit because I – I don't love any of the names that could potentially be available at 44. We can go through the list of defensive tackles, but which of these guys do you feel like would be a good pick or good value pick there? I mean, we talked about Levi Onzerike from Washington. He's kind of what they already have, right? Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill. I don't think he's all that different. 
I think he's probably a little bit more athletic. And frankly, you know, I also think that uh, <laughs> even though he may be a little bit of what they what they already have, I, I think that you need certainty that the position is going to work out. And I think you're going to rotate all of these guys as well, too. Sure, I think, sure. you know, I think there's a chance that Hill could become a little bit more of a run stuffer type uh, that they could play a little bit more at one technique and maybe Gallimore sticks at three technique. And then Anzarike could be, you know, a guy that plays mostly three technique as well. I, I think that there is some flexibility here, especially depending on how they play their techniques. My problem is here, Landon, I, we can go through some of these other names. I mean, what other guys intrigue you? Davion Nixon from Iowa, because that's somebody that I don't particularly love. Uh, we've talked about Tyler Shelvin and, uh, Tommy Togiai from Ohio State. That feels rich for both of those guys. So is there is there one player you're kind of highlighting as somebody you think would make sense at that spot? I mean, I I, I think that you know, I, I think Barmore could be available at 44 as far as we, as far, we, we just don't know like who all is gonna be available. But I also think that you know when we looked at this last last you know, a month ago, there was almost no one that we felt like could could kind of line up there. Now I think I honestly would not be surprised if they like to- Togiai at, at 44. See, that but, just I mean, seems so rich, though. I I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, I think that there are more guys that are in the conversation at 44 than there were even a month ago. In my See, my, 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 my hunch here is, Landon, that they've got one or two names circled, and maybe it's Christian Barmore. And I, listen, we've been talking about this for a while now. I've got a feeling they're going to be aggressive. And if Christian Barmore is available at pick 25, 26, 27, maybe that's a the guy they go up and get because he's got the frame. He's got the athleticism and the pass rushing ability. Maybe that is somebody they target, but I just, I don't love the option of sitting there at 44 and taking a guy, unless you're taking a swing on one of these guys with just, enormous upside right like the the guy that i keep coming back to landon is milton williams uh Mm -hmm. from louisiana tech the he's like six foot six 284 pounds a ton of production but really needs some time to develop if you're going to take a defensive tackle that's the one i want to gamble on the rest of the names that we mentioned i'm fine waiting till 75 or 99 to see who falls yeah, I mean, let, let me be clear. I am too. I, I mean, yeah. I certainly would prefer all these guys at seventy-five, and I think that's more appropriate to most of them, except for Barmore, uh, where they would be picked. Um, I, I just, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, they got they got busted out at forty-four, that they don't get the guy that they hoped fall to them, and they instead hope to, you know reach to make sure that they get a guy that, that that they don't think will fall to 75 which is not necessarily great but i mean that's what this kind of information that we're getting yeah, seems to yeah. indicate you know so uh I we'll see wonder. again it's 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 also lying season like we said at the <laughs> beginning so it, this all could be a smoke screen and i also wonder like the the hybrid guys you know the guys that can play defensive end and defensive tackle they're not factored in here as well like Peyton Turner from Houston. He's yeah. 275 pounds, but maybe his future is inside as a three technique in the NFL. Uh, we're going to talk about a, another defensive or defensive end from Wake Forest in a second, who maybe is better inside as well. So I think it's interesting that, you know, we're hearing that the Cowboys may be looking for defensive tackles in the second round, maybe in the third round. We've mentioned Tommy Togiai. We know that as somebody they like. 
Uh, but again, continue to look on day two for defensive tackles for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, let's take one more quick break so I can tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors, and it's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next box. Again, that is BuiltBar.com. All right, Landon, it's a mock draft Monday, and today we are looking at a mock by Josh Edwards of CBS Sports. Uh, At pick number 10, he goes Patrick Sertan from Alabama. We don't need to talk about that selection. I'm more interested in what he did in the second round, uh, having the Cowboys pass on your guy, Richie Grant, and uh, my safety, Javon Holland from Oregon, uh, to go and get defensive end Carlos Boogie Basham from Wake Forest. Uh, today was the Carlos Basham day on Twitter. I saw a lot of people talking about him. Uh, he has some, you know, 90, I believe 98th percentile athleticism, great production at Wake Forest. How would you feel about that pick for the Cowboys at number 44? These are those guys, Marcus. Yes. These are those guys that uh, that are t- that I struggle with. The the power defensive ends, the mm-hmm. guys that I I want to kick inside the defensive tackle, uh, which you probably will. You know, passing downs. Um, I struggle with Boogie, man. I, so I, I do think I. He's he's got a lot of tools that I like, and I think he avails himself of them very well. I think he's long armed. He's uh, he's got a great frame. Uh, I, I, you know, he's, but he plays like he, he's like a 250 pound speed rush. See, that's my problem with him as well. And he doesn't know what he is yet. I just don't know that that's a useful, like that's, I, 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 I really struggle with guys who, uh, have different playing styles than their body kind of dictates, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so y- you don't really get the benefit of the body style that that he plays with because of his playing style a little bit kind of negates it to to a large degree. So yeah, I I think that you know my uh, my 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 basic thought process here is that. I want to try to get these guys in the middle uh, and, and try to see how they rush against guards, but I don't know that they have the power or the, the toughness to kind of survive inside. I look at someone like Tyron Crawford, who yeah, I yep. think is a much more physical player than this guy is. Uh, and I think about how much he got beat up when he played defensive tackle. And and that's what I worry about here is that I think, you know, you you can get a guy and he can be a physical player on the outside. And maybe what you do with Carlos Basham is that he becomes kind of a uh, like uh, like an elephant defensive end, right? Where you can play yep. him a little bit as two t- as a as a two gapping defensive end who could also give you some one gap inside and outside. He could probably play up and down the line, but I think the thing that really dis- disturbs me about him is that, um, you know, he gets off the ball really well for 285 pounds. He has incredibly long arms, uh, but he doesn't he doesn't play like that guy. He plays like he's trying to beat everyone around an angle, and he doesn't mm. quite have the athleticism, uh, like that kind of athleticism. That kind of athleticism, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think on paper he is somebody that you would love to say, hey, let's start him as our left defensive end. And then let's yeah. kick him inside on three tech to the three technique and obvious pass rush situations. He's just not that guy, right? Yeah. And I think he's going to get pigeonholed into that. 
And unfortunately, if a team drafts him to do that, I think he might fail in the NFL. I think he's way more like a lesser version of Everson Griffin than he is Michael Bennett, right? Remember Mike, remember yeah. Michael Bennett with the Cowboys, even yes. the late stage of his career still was able to create pressure from being so quick off the ball inside. I, I just think Basham is probably going to have a better career as a power defensive end as he eventually learns how to use his, his size. I, I think ultimately Landon, other people and hopefully other teams are going to like him more than the Cowboys. And I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not even sure. Is Dan Quinn one of these defensive coordinators that he likes to use these bigger defensive ends and slide him inside? I'm not even sure. Yeah. And I guess the other thing too, is that, I mean, just look at his usage at Wake Forest the last few years. I mean, they, they tried playing him more and more inside early on in his career uh, and then eventually just started giving him more and more snaps outside as, as his career mm-hmm. went on. And I mean, uh, you know, not, you can't always assume perfect coaching with these, with these college no, staffs, no, but they, they are seeing these guys every single day and wait and, you know, Boogie Basham is by far the best player on Wake Forest team, as, as, at least on the defensive line, mm-hmm. for sure. And and so they are clearly trying to put him in a spot where he can succeed. Uh, if he if he was struggling on the inside uh, as you know uh, over the tackle and the B gap early on, then I, obviously they they've been moving him more to the outside for a reason. So uh, that's kind of you know that's all you really need to know about him. I, I I again I struggle with these types of players, so I don't I don't really I, I mean I'll be the so best. Do I, man. I may not be the best uh, uh, analyst for this, but uh, I do think that if the Cowboys get him, um, it's kind of an awkward fit a little bit just because of the skill sets you already have on this team. Um, and how exactly are you going to manufacture ways to get him on the field that actually avail him of his skill set? All right, let's play some would you rather with these kind of tweener guys. Uh, okay. Carlos Basham or Gregory Rousseau? At the same pick? At the same pick? At the same spot, yeah. Pick number 44. I think I'd take Rousseau. Really? Okay. I think I probably Yeah, just because I I think there is upside there. You know, we we again Rousseau is like this is like Wilson in some ways where we everyone's just been so down on him from the from the jump that I think that at a certain point his his value has actually started reversing course because he's so over underrated at this point. All right. How about Boogie Basham or Milton Williams from La Tech? Milton Williams, because yeah. I don't think Milton Williams is a tweener as much. I, I'll put five pounds on him and let him play three technique yeah. all day. Like I think, well, that's or easy. I'll just have him cut five pounds and have him be that power defensive end because I think he can do that as well. So yeah. I would agree with you. Uh, it's interesting because these are you know this is kind of the range where those tweeners end up going. It will be fascinating to see if the Cowboys want to dabble into this market when it comes to the second day of the draft. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download uh, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. Please subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to build our YouTube page, so make sure you guys do that. Please. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.